everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. Every week, we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at MoneyMadeEasyPodcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible. Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close. We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. Well, today we have the honor of interviewing the CEO and founder of Create and Cultivate. Let's welcome Jacqueline Johnson to the show. Hi, so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Oh my goodness. We've really been looking forward to this one. (laughs) Yeah, Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here. And I've had the pleasure of working multiple Create and Cultivate events and have seen this woman behind the scenes working her butt off. But we all know that overnight success is rare and you've had quite the inspiring story that led you to where you are today. So Jacqueline, why don't you start um, and share somewhat of a brief background on how Create and Cultivate was born and what inspired you to create this amazing community for women. Yeah, so it's a long story, but we'll do the abbreviation. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, for those of you that don't know, Create and Cultivate is an online platform and offline event series for women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Um, essentially, it started um, through my first business. So I started my first company when I was 23 years old, uh, having approximately zero idea what I was doing, just kind of happened to fall into it. Um, and built that company through a lot of hardships, ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of wins. Uh, But essentially, when I looked online for anything that looked, felt, or spoke to me as a young female founder, nothing existed. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this is like 2009. But uh, so essentially, at that point, I was like, I'm just going to create it and see if other women are feeling this way, that have their own companies or running their own businesses. Um, And essentially, through the first Create and Cultivate with 50 people at the Ace Hotel, it was a disaster, (laughs) but so fun. And everyone kept saying, when's the next one? When's the next one? And uh-huh. kind of took on a life of its own. And here we are today, um, you know, hosting over 40 plus events a year and over 20 That's employees. Insane. That's yes. Incredible. 10 years later, it's massive. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years later and a book later yeah. uh, and a podcast later and so many other things, which your book has it all and it all could relate back to money uh how to start a business negotiate for more money and breakups business and personal i mean you you cover it all it's such a fun such a fun read yes i love it so definitely people if you haven't picked up work party the book get it because it's such a great uh just full of info um you do cover so many topics uh, related to money. One super important one that I just want to jump into right away, salary negotiations. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, what's interesting is that women tend to not negotiate when they go into meetings, whether they're negotiating their salary or a potential project fee or whatever it might be. You know, we tend to just think, oh, okay, like that's their, that's their max and that's what they're going to give us and that's what I deserve. Mm -hmm. But what's really important is to go into any negotiation and know what your uh, number is. What is the number that you want to walk away with, right? Mm -hmm. So if walk into that meeting and you're like, I want to make, let's just say $70,000 a year. Like that's what I want to make. That's where I want to be at. Walking into that meeting, you don't want to ask for $70,000 a year. Yeah. <laughs> you want to ask for more than that because uh -huh. they're going to expect to negotiate. Mm -hmm. So you want to go in higher and then negotiate down. Um, and that's true for a lot of different things. And I think we often start at the number we want and then we end up getting lower yes. than that. Yeah. So I I love the quote in your book where you said, go in high with a number that almost makes you feel like you want to barf. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. That's kind of why we started this show, because it's like, we should not feel that way when it comes to money. We need to be more comfortable talking about it, asking for it, uh, all of those things. And also, I loved when you were talking about how creatives undervalue their worth and how no company can survive without ideas. Um, and how do you put a dollar value on an idea? It's just so important yeah. to look, about, look at that and think about that. It's so true. And to think about the professions like associated with it, like, mm -hmm. you know, even now, like content creator is a career. Yeah. Like that is a literal job. <laughs> so just thinking about that and where everything's going, it's trying to understand what your value is and what you're willing to do or what you're willing to take. And then also there's other types of negotiations where – you know, you might not take as much money, but you're doing stuff for exposure or yes. you're negotiating work from home or you're, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that you need. Again, not everything is tied specifically to money, but it can be tied to what is wealth to you. And that could be yes. time with your kids. That could be get traveling and getting more experience, whatever that might be. Yeah. I love that because it's so, it's true. I mean, money can be so emotional, but I think it's important to focus on like, well, what else will make me happy in this career that, you know, like in working from home, like once a week is a huge thing. And, um, my fiance works for a corp, a Toyota corporate. And that was one of those biggest things was like, you know, advocating for like one, you know, one day a week, we, we could just work from home. Like, and it's just, you know, creates such a different environment in the, in the office too. Everyone's just so much happier <laughs> and it doesn't cost them any money too. You know, they're, it's everyone's wins. Exactly. What about as far as, um, the different ways to raise money? Why raise money? When should you raise money? When should you not raise money? Um, could we go into some of that a little bit? And yeah. That's a huge hot topic at Create and Cultivate for sure. Everyone kind of has like raising money fever. Um, <laughs> a lot of the time people don't understand exactly what that means. So for Create and Cultivate, we are like a self-funded company. So mm -hmm. we have not raised any money. We're completely self-funded, which means like basically like I put in my own money to build what it is today. And now it's run self-sufficiently on the money that we make. Companies, you know, like a Create and Cultivate, we're a service-based business. So like we're not creating as of right now. We're not building anything. We're not like inventing products right now, whatever it is, like that costs a lot of money up front. So like research or factories or, you know, like a large employee pool, 
Mm-hmm. That's something that our business requires. It is, however, something that other types of businesses require. The example I give in the book is Rent the Runway. So if you think about a business like Rent the Runway, it's not inexpensive to run that business. Essentially, you have to get the inventory, get the dry cleaning, have the shipping, have the logistics ironed out, have a ton of customer service people, and have a ton of people on the marketing front end. That's a business that you can't just say, I'm going to like self-fund this company and see how it goes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Start slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that is a business that would require venture capital or capital uh-huh. in general to get off the ground. Um, and, you know, someone said this at one of the crank cultures. I'm going to totally forget who it was, but they were like, think about every time you raise money, it's like cutting off one of your fingers. Um, and I was like, right. But the way they put it was very True. specific. Things like you're giving up part of your company and part of your say. Mm-hmm. With every dollar you raise, you have to consider that. So you're getting diluted in your equity uh, over time. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily it's a bad thing to raise money, but what it means is you then owe those people a 3x minimum return on their investment. So mm-hmm. that means you're getting a lot of money, but you have to start making a lot of money. Yeah. So you have to have a very clear plan, a very clear strategy. You have to be open to other people in the room with opinions, chiming in on your business and what you're doing, having a board, all of those different elements. Um, and that's how most like larger corporations are structured. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, it depends on what you want. Like yeah. I think it's interesting because one of my friends uh, who owns her own business uh, and it's like basically an employee of one a freelance, like she is a consultant for marketing and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm getting these, like, you know, new clients. And I'm like, I think I need to hire employees and like maybe get like a business name and from LLC and blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, totally. And like walking her through it. And I was like, one thing I will say to you is, you know, and this is something I thought about a lot is like, do you want to run a company? Cause at that point you stop, you, you don't necessarily do the work anymore. You're just running yeah. the company. Right. So that's one thing to think about. And then also you start to make less money. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to pay employees. You have overhead, you have an office, you have all that stuff. Whereas if you just kept your same amount of clients, could you actually be making more money with less stress? Like it's a true, it's a question you really need to ask yourself. So I think going into this, you know, you really have to understand your why and your what about money. Like what is money mean to me? Like do I want to make a lot of it? Do I want to make enough to have a comfortable lifestyle? Do I want to owe people a lot of money? Like you have to like really think through all those different avenues. Such great info. I mean, that's what the, that's what this whole book is just filled with. It goes into depth on all of the different um, types of funding um, and personal brand. I love how it talks about that, about how your personal brand will transcend where you work. Yeah, it's really important. I mean, I think that was actually so much something that someone told me. Um, we're basically, you know, I think we're so attached to the brands that we're building and the companies that we're part of that sometimes you can get blurred a little bit. Like, so if, you know, my company's not successful, that means I'm not successful as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those type of things, I think it's important to differentiate and understand that you yourself are separate from that, but you mm-hmm. are helping build something and be a part of it. Yeah. No, I love that. That's amazing. Um, so going into, I guess, receiving or getting money or receiving funds, um, what are, so you mentioned venture capital. Um, what are, the, I guess, the different types of investor, investors that can invest in, in your company or your small business or whatever it is? Yeah. So there's like a bunch of different ways to do it. So one is mm-hmm. getting um, small business loans, um, which is essentially through the bank, right? So okay, it's like yes. you get 
this loan. They don't have say in your business. They're not getting equity. It's essentially like you're just getting money loaned to you that you obviously will eventually have to put back. So that's like one thing that is like, could be a good recommendation if you don't want to go the route of having to raise money. Um, the other uh, thing is angel investors. So angel investors are essentially people who are, are like high net worth individuals who invest in other companies, sometimes, you know, in a way that's strategic or advisory. And sometimes in a way that's just like, we're writing you a check and like supporting your business. Their expectation is not necessarily that they will see a return. Um, that's why they're called angels. <laughs> so basically, you know, there's a chance that you may never see that money again. There's a chance you might get a big return on it. Mm-hmm. Then there's venture capital. So venture capitals do expect a return on your money um, and they are highly active in your business. Um, so that's sort of the differentiation of like the different ways you can do it. Other ways, like the way that we did it with Create Cultivate is me and my business partner put in money into the company and then we paid ourselves back. So we essentially loaned money to the business, um, which is another thing that you can do as well. And I love how you point out, the more you raise, the more you have to make. (laughs) Definitely want to remember that because it's it's fun to think about raising a bunch of money, but you got to think about paying the more you have to make and how, how that is a challenge too. Yeah, and I was talking to someone who raised a lot of money. I might have been Payal Kadakia Klatsa, but she was like, a lot of people like thought, when ClassPass raised whatever, $65 million, they were like, oh, you have $65 million now. And she's like, no, that's not how that works. Yeah. You know, rarely, sometimes the founders will take money off the table when they're giving up some of their equity shares in those situations. Um, but oftentimes they don't, you know, and so they're kind of in it to win it. So it kind of just depends um, on the structure of your company. Awesome. And kind of going back to, I guess, because you said that your um, Create Cultivate is a service-based business. What would be the best advice, I guess, you give? Because I feel like the ultimate question for anyone who is service-based and also product-based, but I feel like service-based is a little bit, there's a little bit more wiggle room. Like the question of how much to charge, you know, I think especially for services, what kind of resources or do you recommend them like reaching out to a mentor to kind of that offers the same kind of services to see where they're at? Because I feel like sometimes it's so easy to kind of be like, yeah, I'll do it like for whatever. And, you know, but then at the same time, like there's some sort of like industry, you know, standard or like trying not to undercut the industry as well. Like, I guess, what would you recommend for those who are trying to really figure out exactly how much to charge? I mean, obviously in the beginning, you know, like you start slow and all of that, but um, yeah, what would you recommend? I mean, I definitely think reaching out to people in your industry is important um, and just getting a a sense. Um, I also think, to really think through the amount of time things take you. So understanding like, oh, this project that I thought like was going to take a week, took a month and I only charge X amount. So like Mm -hmm. you'll learn over time too. Like, okay, that definitely needs to go up in price. Um, (laughs) Thinking about the things you learn along the way, like, oh, when I did that, they also asked for this, which was not part of it. So I can upcharge for that piece Mm -hmm. of it. Um, So really just thinking through those different ways that you can kind of price things out, the time it takes you and what the industry standard is, is I think the best way to go. Um, and really kind of, you know, figure out what, again, just like what you need personally to like take home, um, at the end of the day. Um, but again, going in higher for sure. Like a good example is like, you know, with like my first company, I remember like most of our retainers were between like five and seven K a month for our clients. And, you know, when I started working, um, with the company that eventually bought us, she came in and was like, oh, our minimums are 10K. And we we're doing the exact same thing. So she was like, can you start going in and charging 10K? So I was like, oh God, I have to like go back to all these people and like all these new people. And <laughs> everyone said yes. Like oh, wow. it was 
in a flinch. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I've totally been undercharging. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, and of course, some people said no. But like, right. you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, well, I can do less, take on less clients because I'm making more money and do better work. So it was like kind of this like moment realization of like, you don't want to necessarily take on like 15 clients at $1,000 a month mm-hmm. and when you can get one client for $15,000 a month and like really focus on that. Yeah. Work smarter, <laughs> not harder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's such great advice. Um, do you feel that women undercharge more than men? Definitely. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, there's been like studies on this and things like yeah. that. I think right. that like women Definitely. Like we are just used to undervaluing ourselves and not negotiating just because of like, honestly, systemic, like we felt like we were lucky to get the job. We were lucky Mm -hmm. to get in the room. Like now it's not anymore. We're a huge economic force with real power in the workforce that we can demand those type of things. And I think it's really on the women on the top, like that are at those companies to really raise up that mentality and notion that have really made it to make sure that it's not, you know, kind of a trickle down effect, but it's like a, a, you know, bottom to top um, where we're kind of negotiating and making sure we're increasing across the board. I uh, couldn't believe it in your book when you said 20% of adult women say they never negotiate at all. Yeah, totally. I I was one of them for a long time in all my jobs. Like Mm -hmm. I remember just thinking I was lucky to get paid when I was getting paid. I was like, wow, like this feels like a lot. This is great. Um, And never negotiated any of that stuff. Um, But like in looking back, I think like some of my male counterparts were probably making a lot more than I was and I was doing just as much work. Wow. And another one of your quotes, you talk about it at the beginning of the book. And then again, uh, as it applies to contract negotiations, you say, you aren't good or bad at anything you haven't tried. And that's something we all need to remember so much. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's so true. I love that. Well, I I think that's the first step is really just doing it. There's so much like you know, thoughts that we have when we want to start something new. I mean, when we start this podcast or anything like that, like there's just so much like doubt and self-sabotaging going on that, I mean, once you just do it and you just, you know, catch that ride and ride that momentum, like, I mean, it ends up obviously being, you know, worth it in the long run, but you just have to like get over that hump of like doubt or self-doubt and all of that. And also just like be prepared for it to not work, you know? And I think like part of it too is like, you know, I think like I had, (laughs) I had one employee come in and was like, um, after three months, like asked for a raise. And she's like, I read it on, you know, the site and I'm like here and I'm asking for a raise and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I was like, great. I was like, what have you done in three months that would warrant you getting a raise? (laughs) And I was like, come back to me in three more months with like a case study, Mm -hmm. why you're integral to the company and like why you've been successful in your role and what you can take on more of. Cause like, that's why people will pay you more. And so I think there's also that mentality of like, just cause you asked doesn't mean you're going to get it. You have to back it up. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, it's kind of that mentality of like, I was so proud of her, but I also was like, no, you missed like the most important part. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. What advice do you have for those that are uh, just graduating college and just starting their career mm-hmm. and um, how, to, how to create their best future? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting time in the workforce. I think, um, you know, I think what's happening, which is amazing is a lot of people are wanting to be entrepreneurial and 
have their own careers, whether it, you know, be in the content creation world, whether it be starting their own company and things like that. And I think, I think there's nothing more exciting and like you have nothing to lose really in your twenties. Um, so I think it's great that like a lot of people are experimenting in that. But what I would say is there is a lot of benefit to getting experience. So Mm -hmm. working in either a extremely corporate environment and seeing how that goes or working with a founder um, at a startup, you know, I always say like, I think like maybe three or four of my old employees have gone on to start their own companies, but basically just working in the create and cultivate office is an education in, in yeah. starting a business and running a business in general. Like they don't just get to like come in and like work on one thing. They come in and work on a million things and they get to see what I'm doing and like how I'm doing it and like how we like handle finances on the back and they get to see a lot of things into that. They understand like, these are the margins we make. These are the margins mm-hmm. we make. This is the reason we need to make them. Like I'm very, very clear on like, um, having transparency on that because like they need to see how their actions affect the business overall. Yeah. So, I mean, any one of the people that come through the door, I think could end up going to run their own business, whether it's as a freelancer or whatever it might be. So I think it's just like important to not just like maybe necessarily be like, okay, day one out of college, I'm going to start my own company, get some of that experience, you know, first and really use that as like continued education. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think like doing internships while still, you know, studying your de- for your degree or whatever is important because, I mean, you kind of talk about it in your book, but, you know, you originally wanted to be an editorial director or um, I believe, is that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, an editor magazine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, editor magazine. Um, and I mean, I don't know, like I used to want to be in film and, uh, you know, do produ- TVD production and all of that stuff. And it looks so like amazing on TV and like all these yeah rom-coms that we watch and everything. But it's so important to get that experience to also realize like, oh, like I actually don't know if I want to do this. And I interned my first two years of college and actually changed my degree because I was like, well, actually, I don't know if like TV production is all I want to do. Like I want to explore other avenues. And I feel like having a degree that's so specific could possibly hurt me. So I, you know, changed it so early on, which I think has helped. And I ended up falling in love with my degree. But anyways, um, I just, I think like interning, you know, will gain that experience, but also help you fine tune what you really want before you even graduate too. Exactly. No, I, I totally agree. And then, um, I know that uh, Create and Cultivate does a lot of things to get women to start thinking and talking about money. That's why you were like the perfect guest. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of those things, the Money Moves initiatives and work, yeah. working on helping small business owners? and Totally. So uh, finance is a huge topic. We have a monthly newsletter that goes out called Money mm-hmm. Moves, which rounds up all of our financial content, um, as well as our insider program, which is our membership program, has a ton of downloadable yes. content from tap tables to uh, negotiation worksheets, like really downloadable tactical items. Plus we have our mentor sessions where we get to like interview incredible mm-hmm. people. So we actually had Jesse Draper, who's a venture capitalist on as a mentor. And it was a really amazing session. Like people oh. have so many questions for her. Um, and you know, it's rare that you get access to someone like that who invests mm-hmm. in that company. So um, yeah, we're always working on that side of stuff. It's always a, you know, a hot topic at the conferences and events that we're doing. Um, and we're always looking to build more against the financial content that we have. We also have our scholarship and grant programs in partnership yes. And Don, which is awesome. Um, so really awarding, you know, small business owners with those grants and money that they need to help see their businesses flourish, which is always so fun as well. But yes, if you have money questions and they're not answered on Create and Cultivate, definitely let us know. We would love um, to tap our, you know, kind of uh, team of experts over here to make sure that we can get those questions answered. 
That is so awesome. We love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just looking on the blog itself, if you just search money, there's so many, you know, so much resources. I mean, uh, I, I like look forward to the newsletters every week and that's, I, I mean, there's so many newsletters that go, hit my inbox, but yours is like the one that I'm like, yes. Okay. What do I have? But especially every Wednesday you have classifieds, which is probably my most favorite. Like, I mean, I know I own a business, but I, I don't know. Sometimes I have like moments of doubt. I'm like, should I apply for a job? Anyway. No. So I'm always looking. I've done the same thing. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Huge. Basically, you know, it's a weekly newsletter that has open jobs, like curated companies, and it's like an 80% open rate. So people are always wow. online and want to see what's available. So it's kind of cool. So yeah. definitely go subscribe to their newsletter. Yes. If y'all haven't already, because it's a good one. <laughs> we always wrap up with a few questions uh, that we ask every guest. So we thought we would go ahead and dive into those now. So the first question is, um, what is your definition of success? Um, I think like when it comes to success for me is just being respected amongst your colleagues and employees. I think that's definitely the biggest one, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, financial success, all that stuff, you know, just being able to live the life you want with financial freedom, I think is really important. That's something my mom always told me about. My mom's an accountant. So um, she comes from that kind of background, but she always was, you know, her relationship to money wasn't like make a lot of it. It was like make enough to be able to do whatever you want and, mm -hmm. you know, be able to walk away from it you don't want to be a part of. So um, yeah, I would say that. Awesome. With uh, speaking of having your mom, uh, she was a CPA, right? Yes. Yeah. Did that, do you feel like that definitely shaped your growing up and your background and your relationship with money in a positive way? 100%. Um, she basically, you know, we, she gave my sister and I credit cards at 13 to like start building our credit. Yeah. She always was on top of us about saving money and like being really on, but like also like terrified us into the fact, like if we opened a hotel mini bar, she was like, no, <laughs> double-edged sword in that way where it was like really smart, really like about saving, but also like very conservative. Yes. So the where I was like, oh my God, the one time I had like a hotel water from the mini bar and the, it was like a true victory for me where I was like, I'm going to pay this $7. Success. <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's success right there. Hotel mini bar water. Um, okay. And our other question, what three words come to mind when you think of money? I think, I think freedom for sure, security, and, um, I, I want to say success, but I would say, yeah, success. You know, I think those are the things that I kind of associate with money with. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think about money in the sense of like, oh, I'm going to go buy a million different things. I think about how am I investing this? How am I growing yes. this? Like, how am I building long-term wealth? Which I think is also important for people to think about as well is like, you know, we live in a culture where, you know, I always joke, but like everyone's on vacation in Tulum and like has <laughs> a yacht and like, has all these things. Like, I, I always am like, everyone's like, where's your outfit from? I'm like, Zara. Like, I'm not <laughs> And then $2 million on shoes. Like I've, I'm very specific about the way I approach it, but yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you again so much for yeah. coming on. Um, we want to just quickly ask what's next. I mean, I know that you guys have a product line launching in the, the next week or so, um, but what's next for you and Create and Cultivate? Yeah, October 1st, stay tuned. Our first product line, which we're really excited about. Um, and for me, I mean, I have a vacation coming up, so I'm very excited about Ooh. that. <laughs> um, first nice. Time. And then, yeah, we're heading to our small business summit in New York, and we'll have our event in Miami. Um, and we're already putting together stuff for 2020, so stay tuned. 
Oh, and that's amazing. last, where can we find you? Tell everyone where the best place to find you on every platform. Yes. So at Create Cultivate and at Jacqueline R. Johnson on Instagram. Um, you can also follow at Work Party and at Shop Create Cultivate. We have a lot of them. Um, <laughs> All the and, handles. <laughs> yeah. CreateCultivate.com though for most of the information you'll need. Awesome. That well, thank you awesome. again so much uh, for coming on and especially thank you for supporting my small business by hiring <laughs> me for your amazing events. And um, anytime everyone <laughs> can hire you, hire her. She's <laughs> We love working with you. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you. Okay, you all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show. And we'll see you next Money Monday. Bye. Bye.